You are about to embark on a journey. A journey where your worst fears become reality. A journey where hell is not below us, but amongst us. Don't be afraid, relax, and take a seat while I open the box of horrors. Good afternoon, horror story junkies, and welcome back to another episode of Box of Horrors. My name is Israel Johnson, and I am your host. Today, we will be hearing a story titled Cambridge 77. It's a story about a mortician in the year 1977, and basically, he is uh, dealing with a uh, possible serial killer in the town. And the story is just his side of uh, how he's dealing with everything. And uh, let's jump right into it. Wayne Allen was one of the most loved individuals in town. He was always willing to help anyone that he could. Wayne had been home from the Vietnam War for only a few years and he was already making a name for himself as the town's mortician. He always gave the locals great deals on everything from the casket to the burial site. Everyone in town knew him as a decent man and they flocked to his business when needed for those that have passed. Wayne was very comforting throughout the entire process. To say that business was booming would be an understatement. A teenage girl's lifeless body was laying on the hard steel table. Wayne took a good look at her before he began washing the blood out of her hair. She had two holes in her head from a gunshot. One hole was the exit wound, which was a lot bigger than the other. Some psycho had shot the poor girl while she was sitting in her car. Under all the blood on her face, she looked so peaceful. She was way too young to die. After he was done washing her hair, he moved her hair around to figure out how he was going to hide the bullet holes during the viewing and the funeral. Maybe he'd use a headband. Those seemed to be popular amongst all the young girls at the time. Were the holes possible to stitch clothes? Probably not. They were too big. Wayne had his work cut out for him on this one, but to him it was always worth it. It was such a shame that her life had to come to an end so soon. She was such a beautiful young lady with so much life ahead of her. A few days later, across town, Wayne was having a cup of coffee at the coffee shop. He noticed the front page of a newspaper that someone in front of him was reading. The headline read, Couple Slain at Lover's Lane. There were rumors around town about a serial killer, but crime was increasing everywhere and the police hadn't formally come out with any evidence of one. The thought of a serial killer in town was a scary thought. Wayne had heard about serial killers in places like California and New York, but this was a quiet town in Wisconsin. Horrible things weren't supposed to happen there, but they were. Wayne plopped himself on the couch and cracked open a beer. 
He had one of his favorite records playing, but the damn thing kept skipping. He got up and adjusted the arm of the record player. Just as he sat down, there was a knock on his door. Wayne wasn't expecting any company. He walked up to the door and asked, Who is it? It's me, Harold. Wayne opened the door. What are you doing here? Um, we're supposed to be playing cards tonight, remember? Oh no, Harold. I've been really busy, I'm so sorry. Come in, come in. Work's keeping you busy, huh? Got any beer? Harold asked, walking past him. Help yourself, Wayne said as he closed the door and turned the deadbolt. The two of them sat at the kitchen table. So how about that killer? Crazy some bitch just killed that couple at the lover's lane off Glendale, Harold said. I wouldn't be surprised if I have to prepare one of them at the funeral home. I hate seeing the families suffer like this, especially the mothers. You're a much stronger man than I am, Wayne. I don't know how you do it. I'll let you know how as soon as I find out. Harold started dealing the cards. Simple game of 21 to take your mind off things, Harold asked. Wayne shook his head up and down. Noticing how bothered Wayne was, Harold tried changing the subject. So how are things with Vera? Not too well, unfortunately. He began rapidly bouncing his knee up and down. She says we need space, whatever that means. You know what really got me pissed? I saw her out with another guy. Maybe they were just friends, man, Harold said. They were holding hands. Harold buried his head into the cards, almost too embarrassed to look at him. What was he supposed to say? He wasn't good at helping people during sensitive times like this. The silence was killing him. He had to say something, but he couldn't think of a single word. He couldn't say that he didn't need her because they'd been together for two entire years. To be honest, she was the best thing that ever happened to Wayne since he got back from Nam. He wasn't one of those sissy boys over there. He was an army grunt in the trenches. When he got back, he was a broken man. It was Vera that picked up the pieces, but unfortunately, it was also her that once again left him shattered into pieces. I'm sorry, Harold said. New details were released about the Lover's Lane murders. One of those being that the female that died was the sheriff's daughter. The other, the killer used a 38 special. It seemed to be a pattern with these slayings. One detail that wasn't released to the public was that the male victim's red handkerchief was missing. It was discovered by his father when he went to identify the body. It had very distinct blue squares all over it. He never left the house without it. It was the one thing he kept from his grandfather when the family sorted through the house after his passing. It was from that point on, the case was personal with the sheriff's department. There were cops posted in every part of town. They began going door to door, asking if anyone had seen anything suspicious. Each door they knocked on, the homeowners were handed a card with the phone number to the tip line on it. 
They were all urged to call if they saw anything suspicious at all. It was at this point where the media went into a frenzy. They had dubbed the killer the Cambridge Shooter. At the funeral home, Wayne had a special visitor, the sheriff. Nice to meet you, sir. I wish it could have been under better circumstances, Wayne said, holding his hand out. The sheriff shook it. He was a strong-looking man, but he shook it very limp-like, as if he didn't have the energy or the will. This is my wife, Ruth, the sheriff said. Wayne nodded his head slightly. Ma'am, sorry for your loss. Wayne led them towards the coffins. Now I've taken the liberty of picking out a few of my favorites. And don't you worry, Sheriff, everything will be discounted as much as possible to ease any burdens. The Sheriff's wife turned her attention away from the coffins and onto Wayne, as if it were too much for her to look at. She never imagined she'd be looking for a coffin for her baby girl. She was such a nice young woman, she said. I'm sure she was a... <coughs> Wayne sneezed. Excuse me, he said before reaching into his pocket and wiping his nose with a red handkerchief that was adorned with little blue squares. He folded it neatly and put it back into his pocket. Bless your heart, she said, turning her attention back onto the coffins. All right. So I was having a really hard time choosing a title for that story. Um, so I was just thinking to myself, what would be a good mysterious title for this? But only thing I could think of was the uh, city name and year. So I think that's uh, mysterious enough. But um, yeah, I don't know if any of you have noticed, but I love uh, I love a good plot twist. I, I, I wrote this story trying my best to um, not have anything leading on to uh, the possibility of the mortician being the serial killer. So, yeah. I hope you guys enjoyed this story as much as I did writing it. I'll see you guys next time on the next episode of Box of Horrors. Peace. Thank you.